Welcome to the Revital Health Podcast. I'm Jodie Duval and I'm a functional naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimise your health and realise your full potential. We'll have cutting edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go! Revital Health is a proud member of the Health Optimization Network. Health Optimization Medicine and Practice is a 501c3 nonprofit on a mission to educate doctors and practitioners on how to optimize for health rather than treating disease. If you're interested in becoming a practitioner or donating, head over to homehope.org. Revital Health Clinic is the first and only of its kind exclusive health optimization clinic in Australia with state of the art technology protocols and personalized healthcare, compounded medicines made specifically to your testing individualities. To find out more, head to revitalhealth.com.au. Hi everyone, welcome back for another episode and today we have the pleasure to be joined by James Fishgill and James is a renowned heart coach, yoga teacher and transformational facilitator based right, right here in Perth and we were joined personally by James which is such a treat. So Fish is an expert in fostering mutual understanding and emotional intimacy, particularly in moments of conflict or distress with significant relationships. He's dedicated his career since 2008 to helping individuals, couples, businesses and community groups navigate the complex waters of trust, connection and understanding amidst challenging times. So today we explore many topics and we really didn't have enough to go through everything, enough time. So we go through conscious communication, uh, the mysteries of sexuality and vitality. We understand a little bit more about male and female emotion, philosophies of love and sexuality and so, so much more. And we talk a lot about workplace conflict as well as interpersonal relationship conflict and just interacting with the world so we hope you really really uh, enjoy this podcast and um, you know, like subscribe tell us what you want to hear more of and we hope to see you back for the next episode and enjoy enjoy this really beautiful exploration of connection we have the wonderful fish and it's James Gill <laughs> or James Fishgill mm. on the podcast today. And thank you so much for being here in person and chatting with us today. You're so welcome. Thanks yeah. for inviting me in, guys. Mm. So we have some really juicy things to go through today. Mm. And I like to call it juicy because it is. Mm. So let's firstly, how did you arrive in what you are doing now? What is your journey? If you can place it into a, a, a bit brief you know, representation of, I know the enormity of what has happens in these sorts of situations, but maybe just a bit of a journey for us so we can get a picture. Yeah, great. So I think, you know, it's really happened through two different strands of my life. Firstly, the professional strand, which has involved me having the privilege to sit with groups of people, um, having conversations about upsets between us mm. um, initially in the kind of corporate space you know framed as team building but really it was
is about conflict resolution. Yeah. No one wanted to call it that because no one would have turned up. Um, because we are naturally kind of fearful of conflict. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. think it's gonna has to end up with someone being right and wrong. So we just don't want to go there. Um, and then very quickly just I became a conflict nerd, I would say. Yeah. Like I, I just started to see you know, like a website has a front end and a back end, mm -hmm. and it's the back end coding that gives rise to the display of the front end. Mm -hmm. And so I started to just see, somehow, see the back end of conflict. Mm -hmm. It's like this is what's happening in the human mind such that it plays out this certain way 100% of the time. Yeah. So part of what I now teach is initially in my programs to start with, I teach how to see the mechanism of conflict mm -hmm. so that instead of something's wrong, it's like, oh, of course, mm -hmm. of course this is how it's going because this is how we're wired. Mm -hmm. um, and so at some point I kind of took a detour out of the corporate market because ultimately conflict at work, we don't really give a shit, like because we can go home. Yeah, but it's the conflicts in bed at night, it's the turning away from each other, it's the disappointments about broken promises, it's a, it's it's the alienation that we feel from each other in long-term relationships. Mm -hmm. That's where the juicy shit is, you yeah. know? So it's like, yeah. I want to work there. For the longest time, I was like, that's too intense. And now I'm like, the more intense, the better. Mm -hmm. I, I literally rub my hands together, mm -hmm. the greater the conflict between us, because... Mm -hmm because the greater the opportunity for transformation. Exactly. So that was professionally. And then personally, I just, I don't know what it is, but, you know, I've been through a life, particularly the last 12 years of just enormous amounts of grief, lots of loss, cancer, suicide, relationship breakdown, complexity of relationships that are, I even find it hard to relate stories mm -hmm. to people in a way that they can get it. I don't, you know, to some extent, we've all been through enormous loss mm -hmm. and pain. Mm -hmm. Something about the pathway of walking through pain has, bit by bit, just eliminated the next piece and the next piece and the next piece, and, and a curriculum has been born. Mm. Um, and so it's the tools that I've had to use to, to stay open and present and to make sense of enormous loss mm -hmm. that I that's initiation into conflict nerdism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that term yeah. that you said. But I still never would have wanted to walk through what I've walked through, no. but now it's my gift to the world. So that in itself is deeply healing for me. Absolutely. And it is a form of healing through that too. It's allowing your healing of that. Yeah. Because you now have a reason to push forward. It's that purpose that you've been given. Yeah. And I think a lot of us either go through that and completely crumble or come out of it and have an extra power, you know, out of that particular thing or things that have made us who we are. And then yeah, we give to right. the world those gifts which you are doing. So it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. It's like Carl Gibran talks about being carved mm. out mm. by sorrow. Yeah. And therefore having greater capacity for joy. Yeah. 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 So I feel very privileged actually that life is so perfectly cozy. Gratitude. Yeah. 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 Yes. Thank you, but not again. And now yeah. where do I serve? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
So leading on from that, you know, conflict is a huge thing um, and I, I totally agree we all shy away from it. It's, it's hard, it's, it's nasty. Sometimes people feel like it just makes you feel icky so you don't want to be around that. You're always trying to push towards something that can either escape us out of those feelings or, you know, make us feel good in some way and I think addiction comes from that a lot of the time too. Mm -hmm. But we have never been taught how to unless we've seen a very healthy example of, you know, parent figure or you know, something of conflict resolution. So, you know, as you said, com conscious communication is huge and everyone is speaking of such at the moment, but let's pull that apart, mm. you know, and let, let, let's go through each part of that and what that looks like mm. and how we should be feeling. Because I think a lot of people don't even know what it is to healthily come away from conflict, conflict or work with that, as you said. It's more of that recognition of. But, yeah, let's go through that. Well, I love how you've referred to the fact that, you know, we we can feel reluctant mm. as soon as conflict arises. Yeah. And culturally, we've been trained to think as conflict as me versus you. Mm. And that's actually supported, wholly supported by our political system, which mm. has a government mm. and an opposition. Mm -hmm. And anything that comes out of politicians' mouths tends to be a naysaying of the opposition of the other. Yep, proving the whole. Naturally, there's not a lot of let's do this. There's more that person has got it wrong or that party has got it wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and then the adversarial legal system that underpins the way we resolve conflict legally puts uh, a this versus a that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we employ teams of lawyers to not just propose our side but also dismiss their side. <clears throat> so that's justice. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then we've got a, a a a system that deals with lawbreakers by um, persecution, removal, shaming, removal of rights, etc. Which is a whole other thing we can get into. But punishment never healed. Yeah. But that's that's the culture in which we. Yeah. Exist, and which right? we raise our children too. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. So it's kind of everywhere. Mm. You know, it's like the fish doesn't know that they're swimming in water. We don't yeah. kind of know that they were swimming in the world of opposition. Yeah. We just we just act that way. Mm. Before we started this chat, I was talking to Ella about, mm. you know, the culture of relationship is not just what you and they have created together, but it's also your whole life yeah. and generations past making possible what you think is possible yeah which yeah naturally is the quite ecosystem yeah yeah exactly the polybiont of, of relationships yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so so to have to have a different kind of relationship takes great awareness because you've actually got to start to notice and unwind all the all the natural oppositional ways mm. that we go about it mm. so Let's consider that conflict is actually just the name that we give to moments where attunement doesn't happen between us. Mm. What I mean by attunement is like a deep, loving sensitivity towards the experience of another. Yeah. You know, like you can think of attunement. Some of your listeners may picture a person in their life who provided such attunement. It might have been that wonderful auntie or that incredible, kind um primary school teacher or a sibling or a parent or a dear friend 
who would just consistently come to you and just say, yes, mm -hmm. of course, I want you, mm -hmm. no matter what your experience was. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of, you know, mutual attunement is what we're aiming for. Mm -hmm. That's what leads to repair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Conflict is where attunement goes missing. Mm -hmm. We actually withdraw our loved ones from mm -hmm. in a state of something's wrong, something's threatening, someone's at fault. Yep. So for as long as we relate to conflict as something's wrong, we're kind of screwed. Yeah. Because from something's wrong comes who did the wrongness. Right? If something's wrong, it's gotta be someone's fault. It's gotta be pinned on someone. And so if it's a game of whose fault is it, both of us are under threat because it could be pointed at me, right? So immediately emotional safety goes missing. When we get really masterful at conscious communication, which I will unpack in a moment, mm. we can evoke safety in us and in them when it has gone missing. Mm. How to do that is mm. quite the practice. Yeah. Personalized, I imagine, as well, to each situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are some there are some very powerful strategies you can use that will immediately start to dissolve blame and therefore amplify emotional safety. Then when we create that safety, attunement towards each other kind of happens a bit effortlessly. Mm -hmm. And then we're in the pathway of repair. Then we're back in open-heartedness to one So the reason I call it conscious communication is because we're making ourselves aware of that which lies beyond our awareness naturally. For example, here's a good place to start. It's, it's kind of a simple, elegant, but kind of profound concept. All behaviour is an expression of a very real experience. That's what behaviour is. Mm. It's just an experience being expressed. Mm -hmm. Now, out there in the world, particularly in the world of, of psychology, mm. there's a lot of labels about good and bad behaviour, healthy and toxic behaviour, mm. yeah. narcissistic behaviour, selfish behaviour, controlling behaviour, etc., which is all just... It all just puts certain behaviour in one pile and certain other behaviour in another pile. Yeah. The thing is, everything we've ever done or everything we've ever not done mm -hmm. has been a natural expression of some very real experience we're having. Yeah. And we kind of, we're, we're better at tuning into that reality in us than we are in the mm -hmm. Like think of when you might have unintentionally upset someone recently. You could kind of tune into, hang on a sec, I, would, I said that shitty thing mm. because I was just feeling really hurt, right? Mm. So I just want you to, I just want you to get that it came from right? Can we, can we not focus on that word that I said that I'm not very happy with? I know you're not happy. I, I, don't, I don't want, I don't, I wish I hadn't said it. Mm. But can we please focus on the experience I was having? Because that's real. Yeah. I'm happy to acknowledge that it was a shitty word to use, yep. but can we please bring awareness to the experience? We're quite good at doing that with us. Mm -hmm. We're shithouse at doing it with someone else. Mm -hmm. We'll judge them on the behaviour because out there in the world, this idea of 
having compassionate understanding towards the experience of another behind what they do that upset us. Mm. That that idea of compassion has been confused, perverted, I need to say, mm, yeah. with the idea of condoning mm. shitty behaviour. And discounting your own experience. Yes, yes, exactly, which, you know, to understand what we mean by condoning, it, it has two two components. One is to have compassion for someone else's experience, and the second is to dismiss our own. Mm. That's what condoning has to consist of for it yeah. to be condoned. Mm. That's not what I teach at all. I teach radical compassion outwardly towards their experience mm. and very, very finely tuned attunement to ourselves so that mm. we know when we need to be away from certain behaviours because yeah. it's yeah. not okay for us mm. for whatever reason. That's In and of it. itself, mm. I just don't like being around this particular behaviour. It doesn't feel good for me. Okay. That is, like, self-attunement yeah. is the foundation of healthy relationship. Yeah. Mm. And the discernment between a behaviour or an action that you're not wanting to be around versus a person yes. that you're not wanting to be around. Mm. And I was thinking on the way here, I was thinking... The AA model does this really quite well because it, it looks at alcoholism as a disease mm. and then there's the person. Mm -hmm. So just even that idea of separating behaviour and person mm. is so critical because if I can't do that, I'm, gonna, I'm going to react to the behaviour by reacting as if you are the behaviour. Mm. So I'm going to speak to your badness. Mm. And I will shut you down, mm. like 100% of the time. Mm. Anyway, we're kind of getting a little, mm. maybe ahead of ourselves. But but this idea of conscious communication being, recognising that we, as a human being, naturally evoke opposition in our relationships, mm -hmm. and we don't realise that we do. Mm -hmm. And so mastery in this work looks like keeping the question alive, how right now am I maybe evoking opposition between me and her? Mm -hmm. So every moment of conflict consists of an experience that I'm having and, it turns out, also an experience that you're having. Mm -hmm. Naturally, unconsciously, Jodie, if you and I are in conflict, mm. you just come in and accuse me of something and I feel really unappreciated because I'd actually just hope that you look at all the efforts that I'd put in mm. in our relationship and you're expressing some upset about something else and I'm just like, why is it such a big deal? Because look what I've done. Mm -hmm. And you're like, how, you, how dare you dismiss me? I'm really upset. If you love me, you'd really care about what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Sounding familiar? Mm -hmm. <laughs> most, um, most relations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and suddenly in a heartbeat, we're off to the races and I'm, mm. trying, to, I'm trying to get attune, your attunement in my world and you're madly trying to fight for my attunement in yours. Mm. It's such a reflex. Yeah. I want my experience understood by you. Mm. Naturally. Mm. We all do. Mm -hmm. 100% of the time. As mm. soon as there's upset, I want you to get into my world. The problem with that is, for as long as I want you to get into my world, what you will be experiencing is my unwillingness to get into your world. And you're over there naturally like all human beings wanting me to get into your world. Mm -hmm. And so the more I fight to be understood, mm -hmm. which is natural, the more I leave you feeling misunderstood or as if I'm unwilling or inconsiderate or unloving. Mm -hmm. 
And so you have to fight more to be understood. Mm -hmm. And the more you do that, the more you naturally leave with being dismissed or poor, like as if you don't give a shit. Yeah. We don't see that mechanism. Mm -hmm. We're just in the fighting to be in understood. It. Yeah. In any moment that I can notice I'm fighting to be understood by you, mm -hmm. then I have a, an opportunity to reach for a plan B. What's the plan B? It is, I'm fighting for Jody's experience and Fisher's experience mm -hmm. to get airtime, deep validation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be spacious enough and expanded enough mm -hmm. in my awareness to create time for you to get validated and me to get validated. That's an expansion when naturally I want to contract. Mm. Naturally, I just fasten on to yeah. the experience Perfection. I'm having. And then I fasten on to my analysis of you. And then I reach conclusions about what kind of person you are mm. all through this contraction. Yeah. Failing to recognise that over there in your world, there's this whole other landscape mm. that is part of reality. And I just don't have my awareness there. Yeah. So, you know, I like to summarize. Sometimes I get a bit provocative by how I post this stuff on social media. That's Recently, exciting. it was your analysis is never the truth. Mm. Your experience is. Yep. So yep. my analysis, if you and I are in conflict, my analysis is you're unappreciative. You, you don't seem to care about me. You always do this. You've been really grumpy. It's really unreasonable. I don't know if I should be in this relationship anymore, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. That's my analysis. Mm. But my analysis is wholly based on my experience, mm. my data, and completely absent of yours. Mm. So I'm not even grounded in reality. Yeah. And when I can expand my awareness to think there's a Jody experience happening here that's rich and real and nuanced, and a fish experience that's happening at the same time, even though they're radically different. Mm -hmm. If I can allow both of those things to come fully into my awareness, I'm already in the realm of conscious communication, yes. even if I don't know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. So that might sound like Jody's feeling really upset and unlistened to mm -hmm. and unheard and unvalued, and I'm feeling uh, falsely accused and unappreciated. Both of those things need to be wrapped in awareness. Yeah. And that premise to me sounds like it ushers in a far more expansive cosmology of relationships. Yes, mm. yes there's a mm. you and a me. Mm. And here, here's the thing that makes that even more difficult. Assumption number one, mm. that our mind has wired into it somewhere. I don't know why. I can't answer the why of this, but mm. just notice the what. Mm. In the back, in like in the right in the kind of like base of my stage, I'm pretty sure it's right in the brainstem. Yeah, yeah, right mm. in that kind of limbic yeah. area. Number one is because I had good intentions, you shouldn't be suffering. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We don't recognise that we yeah. make that assumption. We just live by it. Yeah. Like we are devoted to that. Yeah. So because I gave such a loving speech on my daughter's 22nd birthday, she shouldn't have felt upset with me. Because I didn't talk to my partner about that upsetting thing yesterday because we'd been through a lot and kept it till today, she shouldn't feel deceived. Yeah. Because I um, stood up for my rights 
in relation to my mom so that she gets a, a like a healthy me rather than a resentful me she shouldn't feel hurt look at look at what i was hoping for how dare you feel hurt and the intention the values are there yeah, yeah. so mm. i as the as the giver of that behavior i want loving awareness wrapped around my intention yeah. i want the goodness in me so desperately nice. and by the way when the goodness in me doesn't get seen i immediately go into a mm. particularly me mm. particularly me. Mm. that his intention yeah. tends to matter more than to him than his pain mm. we can get that if we want mm. so so in that assumption because i had good intentions you shouldn't be suffering mm. can you feel how i'm naturally in the act of dismissing your pain yeah i'll say something like i don't know why it's a problem to you yeah. you shouldn't feel that way yeah. you're being ridiculous yeah. that's an overreaction you're being too sensitive um that's bullshit you're carrying on a bit aren't you aren't you overreacting i don't know why it's such a big deal any of that wrong <laughs> Now I'm not. Now we. Yeah. Now there's a label out there that calls that gaslighting, mm. right? Yeah. I'm not gaslighting you. I'm wedded to my notion that mm. my good intentions should be seen, and you shouldn't have felt hurt because I didn't want it for you. Mm. So every human being gaslights another when we're heartbroken at the fact that our good intentions got mistaken. Yeah. 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 Oh, totally. Totally. Naturally. Totally understand. Right. So that the outcome of that is that I'm over here wanting my intention seen, mm. you're over there wanting your pain seen. The more I fight for my intention to be seen, the more you feel like I'm dismissing your pain, mm. the pain escalates. Mm. Naturally, pain that gets not witnessed escalates. Mm -hmm. That which we resist persists. Mm. So that's number one. Is that making sense? Mm. Yeah. Unconscious yeah, assumption one. And yes. I'm not talking about in bad people or wrong people. I'm talking about in humans, 100% in humans. With anything, you can apply this to, though. You know, you're, yes. you're driving down the street mm. and someone yeah. forgets to put their blinker on, mm -hmm. you know, and someone else gets upset at them, but they did put their blinker on, but yeah. it didn't work. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, the intention was there, then they, <laughs> boom, there's a fight. Exactly. Yeah. So many situations. Yeah. yeah. So. Here's, a, here's a nifty little analogy because I'm about to fly soon. Um, you're in row one. There's row one person, row two person. You're in row one, right? And so flight levels out, meal arrives. Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to recline my seat. Yeah. What's the intention? Spaciousness, yeah. right? And ease maybe and sleep. relaxation, maybe <laughs> even sleep. What a beautiful thing to go for. Right? Yeah. What, a, what a valid intention. Oh. I just want my circumstances to get better, right? Yeah. So I'll just yeah. recline my seat. Mm -hmm. The person behind me gets the cup of coffee down their shirt and immediately just goes, what the hell? So if we if we stand in my intention, I'm row one person, mm. they hit my seat or push it or can't or glare at me and we're like, I don't know what you, like I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. I didn't do anything wrong. So that's yeah. the origin of defensiveness. Yeah. Right? I want my intention seen. Why are you making your all about some upset that I never wanted? Mm. That pesky pain that you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And you know, most most women in relationship on the planet will have had a lot of experience of having their very real pain dismissed by a partner. Yeah. So that's the mechanism that the partner might be operating from. Mm. See my intention, I'm mm. not a bad person. Mm. 
That analogy that you spoke to as well also speaks to something which I'm sure we've heard of, the fundamental attribution error. Mm. So essentially the cognitive bias where we underemphasize situation um, and environmental factors for the behavior of someone else while overemphasizing dispositional or personality factors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But also I think this all speaks to we just had sort of self-care week, right? Mm. Last week. And um so with self-care we've got such a environment out there in the world to go, we need to look after ourselves more. So we present up better, yeah. right? But so this it just it just so makes sense. You know, you're sitting there, you're trying to look after yourself, you know, you're giving yourself space. You know, maybe I need to stretch my legs so I don't get any DVT. <laughs> so you're doing the best intentions of looking after yourself. Well-being for me. Well-being for me. You know, this is what everyone's telling me I have to be doing. Yeah. And then, you know, some jerk at the background getting upset because I'm trying to look after me. Like, buddy, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just committed to my wellness. Maybe you should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, exactly. I get this, yeah. but this is so across the board you know even in our when we are discussing this with clients you know they're getting upset with partners so i'm trying to do the best for me here but why aren't you supporting me with this exactly yeah yeah and i've had some recent discussions with people who are you know people come to me in the midst of growth right you Mm -hmm. don't reach out for my work if you're kind of like you've got not wanting (laughs) really (laughs) you're looking for ready and and very commonly they'll be like my partner isn't supportive of my growth and when we dig a bit deeper into that it's actually just that the partner's got pain around their growth Mm. and they haven't stopped to think there's unintended pain at my growth because they're already like my growth is wonderful Mm. why are they upset so we have this natural dismissal of people's pain all of us naturally Mm. in reality Mm. my intention what i wanted and the upset it created coexist mm. always mm. always mm. there's always unintended impact of what i do yeah. like in covid when i reached for the last toilet paper roll on the shelf once <laughs> my beautiful intention is to be able to wipe <laughs> right my, my focus on my own well-being the guy after yeah. is left with empty shelves going how dare no one even one roll for me yeah. In yeah. everything we do, there is unintended impact. But we yeah. have this psychological errant belief that there's not, that it's all about our intention. Mm. They coexist. Mm-hmm. So when I when when I train people in this work, I make them masterful at recognizing where's all the unintended impact all day, every day that I'm creating. Mm-hmm. Because if I recognize it, I can clean it up. Mm. I can tend to it. So yeah. now with my daughter. I haven't told you the story, but now often in my parenting, my daughter, I will say to her, hey, was that another moment where me being a loving dad left you feeling a bit awkward or embarrassed? Can Mm. you see how I'm just, I'm not saying I'm a bad dad, I'm saying I'm a loving dad that has unintended impact. Mm. And you're just acknowledging that for them, so then they feel heard and safe. She goes, yeah, it was a bit, and I'm like, yes, okay, I've got it. (laughs) What happened there is I just brought loving awareness to her pain, Mm. and it got mended. Mm. Nothing persists. In the old conflict model, I'm like, I don't know why you're so embarrassed, I'm just being a loving dad. See yeah. how I want to choose one over the other. Yeah. So we have to hold right, them right, both. Right, right. Reality consists of two inco- those two incongruent truths. Mm. So that's the first mm-hmm. one, right? Yeah. The second one, 
it's it's the same thing, just flipped. Yeah. When someone does something that hurts me, or upsets me, or confuses me, or leaves leaves me feeling rejected or criticized, whatever pain it is, my mind immediately, limbic brain immediately goes, they wanted pain from me. Mm. Yeah. That's I call that assumed ill intent, and the, the mind loves that game. Mm. The mind is so sneaky at that game. Yep. You're just being controlling. You don't really give a shit. You're not mm. very aware. You're manipulative. You're, <laughs> you know, and it really just says, I know your motivation better than you do, and it's not very good. Mm. Why do we reach that conclusion? Here's why. The data I have is not true. That's real and alive in me. I feel that. I feel the rejection. I feel the sorrow. I feel the fear. Right? I feel the confusion that your brain creates. It's real for me. Mm. That's my data and I'm accessing it. What what data I don't have access to is your deeper valid intentions. Mm. What was your heart longing to feel through doing what you did? Mm. Now, I'm not suggesting we as human beings are skillful in how we go about what we're yearning for. Yeah. In fact, standing in my work, I think we're incredibly unskillful mm. at fulfilling on our yep. intentions. Yeah, yeah. And the way that we go about them habitually creates enormous pain. But as soon as I collapse into that belief, I'm feeling without agency, so she's been controlling. Mm. I feel cast out, so she's rejecting me. Mm. Immediately collapse into that belief. When it comes to relating to that person, I'm putting them into the role of the villain mm -hmm. immediately. We don't see that we do that. We just believe it to be true. And so if I'm to open my mouth to someone and say, that was selfish, what's their option? What are their options? Mm -hmm to believe that they're self, to be the villain or to defend against it, neither of which mm. will open them. So defensiveness clearly is a closing, right? We've mm. all had that thing of going to someone and say, why you've been so inconsiderate or why were you so critical of me at breakfast this morning? Oh Bam, God. closed. Mm. We think, oh, fuck, there you go, closing. How dare you? Here I am just expressing my pain. I thought this was a healthy relationship. I should mm -hmm. be able to express my pain. You did this thing. Mm -hmm. If you care, you'll be accountable. That's be what better. we mm -hmm. And you'll stay in this, and you'll hear my pain, right? But what we don't realise is that any time anyone accuses us of being the villain, what happens? We close. Yeah. Yeah. So we are actually evoking closing syndrome. Yeah. The remedy is... Once again, two hands. In my left hand, I hold the very real pain I'm in. It's very real and true. Mm -hmm. I'll never, never ask someone to do anything other than deeply validate them and bring it into communication as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Healthy relationship equals very healthy pathway of expressing pain. Mm -hmm. But in a non-closing way. Yes. In order to evoke openness instead of closeness, I, in the other hand, have to hold what may their beautiful, tender, maybe even suffering heart have wanted if what they wanted is distinct from the very real pain. Mm. Allowing those two things to be coexistent once mm. again will transform the moment. Mm. So that sounds like the decision you made yesterday 
that you didn't consult me around left me feeling like I have no say mm. and left me feeling kind of trapped in a reality I don't agree with. Mm. And normally I would just call them a controlling bitch, by the way. That's that's plan A. And yeah. I imagine that you making that call on your own in such an unconsultative way might have expedited the process, which mm-hmm. might have given you a sense of freedom mm-hmm. or like um, controlling the controlling the outcome in a way that you felt was best for us mm-hmm. or like it might have been an expression of the the disappointment that it's been sort of mm-hmm. having to collaborate on this for so long. Mm-hmm. All I'm doing is feeling into the humanness of them. I'm humanising their experience. Mm-hmm. I'm not agreeing with their behaviour. Mm-hmm. I can still say I won't tolerate what you did. But I'm saying I also recognise the humanness from which it arose. Mm. Just like I want you to recognise the humanness from which my behaviour arises, Mm -hmm. I'll always do the same for you. Mm. So I read this little pledge the other day that worked with those two unconscious assumptions. That's really the pledge of my work, who I am for humans in Mm. the world and who I train them to be part of, which is I will never villainise you for the very real pain that your actions have brought me. Mm-hmm. And I will never be the villain for the very real pain that I bring. Mm-hmm. Not dismissing the pain. In mm-hmm. fact, mm-hmm. my clients and facilitator trainers become masterful at tending to pain. Mm-hmm. We normally pull away from that. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of ways that we right. learn to respond. Instagram post about it today. Attunement sounds like, yes, mm. I can see how incredibly frustrated and disappointed you feel about what I did, mm. and I'm not here, mm. and it makes sense to me, and I'm just going to stay here with you, and I'm going to get more curious about the impact that I've had on you. Mm. I'm not going to do that by making myself the villain, mm. because look at the beautiful things that I was actually hoping for. Mm. I'm going to keep holding them over here, yeah. and we can talk about them later. Yeah. But for now, I'm actually just going to say, of course. Yeah. Mm. Like when Great I point. feel into you, the humours of this, of course you felt hurt. Oh, yeah. Like of course, of course you yeah. had to. Of course you ghosted me. Yeah. Of course you blocked me because there you were really suffering and really longing for safety. Mm-hmm. The way you went about it has left me feeling such a suffering. I know you didn't have that. Mm. So. Put another way, those two, that pledge sounds like, help me understand the pain that my actions created for you that I never wanted for you. And I want to help you understand the pain you caused me that you would never have wanted for me. Mm. Yep. Feel how villainhood has to leave the room. Mm. Exactly. It's just... Two beings wanting, like want it, like everything. Everything we do is a yearning to feel a certain way through doing that thing. Mm. It might be ease or peace, or Love. it might be to get out of feeling blamed. Mm. It might be to express the pain of being villainized. Mm. It might even be on the most what we might call malicious intent. Is actually, I want you to taste my pain, mm. so I can feel like you care about me. Yeah. yeah, that's not. That's not, I want you to suffer. That's, I want you to taste my suffering. Mm. Profoundly different. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of people stop at no they definitely wanted me to suffer fish because look at what they did but when we dive a little deeper what becomes suddenly illuminated is mm -hmm. that why people might want me to suffer is so their suffering got recognized yeah and the moment that their suffering got recognized they wouldn't want me to suffer anymore. And that's because, the unskillful attempt. Yes, that's the holding intention attempt to have my two. pain. Mm. My un, my, it, it, I, I use this example all the time because it was just so profound. I had a, a client, a woman I was working with, and she'd gone through a very difficult separation. Mm. Her ex-husband and her were in the midst of legal proceedings to fight for who got guardianship of the kids and he was wanting full full custody and she was wanting full custody because that's how it gets to that's mm -hmm. that's israel palestine right mm -hmm. it's like just yeah. all guns blazing mm -hmm. and when she got on the call with me i said how are you and she said i'm i'm embarrassed and i said why and she said can i read you this message that i sent to my ex-husband this morning <laughs> there i am rubbing my hand <laughs> <and going, "Yes, laughs> because i know it's going to be profound <laughs> Yep. We're going to see humanity yeah. in this moment, yeah. always. Mm. She read it to me and it said, the day that I met you was the worst day of my life. And this is this is now going to be something that he might add to yep. the, the legal things, yep. the collection, right? Yep. So that's the adversarial model. It's just like, you know, him seeing her as that, that way and her having to defend against it. And I stood with her in that moment and said, look at what you're yearning for and she said what do you mean what do you mean it's just a horrible thing and I said yeah but what were you hoping for and it took a while for her to get to and she said I just want him to feel what it's been like mm. you can feel that pain yeah that's yeah it's yeah. so heartbreakingly yeah. human yeah now None of us I'm not saying want to be in pain no and we definitely desperately want to attune to and we go to great lengths and some of the ways that we do it are incredibly unskillful mm -hmm. Palestine wants Israel to see its pain. Israel wants Palestine to see its pain. If we could pause and get expansive enough for loving awareness to fall into all that unfathomable pain on both sides, the war would cease. Why? Because the war is the natural expression of unrecognised pain. Yeah. That's all bombs are. Absolutely. The only reason I drop a bomb on you is because I want you to feel what it's been like. Yep. Yeah. So we don't recognise that we hold those unconscious beliefs. Yeah. Because I had good intentions, your pain is a load of shit. Mm. And because I hurt, you must be a pain person. And that is the mechanism of all conflict, mm -hmm. those two assumptions. Across every area, you can apply it to everywhere. Every yeah, yeah. When we start replacing that with, I have beautiful intentions, or at least valid intentions, and I've created unprotected community, mm -hmm. the whole world of attunement opens up. Yeah. When I can recognize that what you did caused great pain for me, and I'm, I'm not okay with what you did mm -hmm. because of the pain it caused. And you were actually striving to feel a certain way or get a certain thing for your own well-being. That opens up the world of attunement. Yeah. And in that space, mm -hmm. healing can happen. Yeah. Because healing is, I mean, think about it. All, all we do with healing is we bring back the pain. Yeah. That's all we do. Yeah. That's, healing's never been anything different than that. Absolutely. Yeah. And as, for as long as we're bringing pain to pain, mm 
we're dismissing pain, we're amplifying the pain of the planet. But as long as we're bringing love to pain, we're healing it. Yeah. And we're bringing peace to it. Yeah. And that gets sound easy, but it's like so I was gonna say, you know, it sounds simple yeah. in theory. Yeah. But mm. when you when you are in these moments mm. and so many people are daily, yeah. multiple times a day, yeah. the escalation happens far beyond that conscious awareness. It's so it's just without mm. you even thinking, like yeah. you said. It's just like boom and it's there and you're like, oh, it's shit. cascading and it's <laughs> compounding. Yeah. yeah. Just say that. And then, then boom, I should have, you know, and then here comes the pain. Here comes the regret. Here comes yeah. the boom, boom, boom. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And we get to in this thing like I probably shouldn't have said that way. That was a bit unskillful. But how they reacted is where we really need to Yeah, now we're focusing to. on that. <laughs> now we're really focusing on the fact that their reaction to it is absolutely not. I'm not gonna own my side of the street because look at their side of the street. Yeah. So we get stuck in this, I will if you will, yep. and I won't because you won't. Mm. That's, yep. that yep. we make love to that place. Yep. Yeah. We just yep. can't get enough of that exactly. delicious, We love tormenting ourselves in multiple yeah. different ways. But we like don't that. see that we're tormenting no. ourselves. We yeah. actually, we just need, because peel back into how, and sometimes I encourage my clients to, to imagine themselves and the other person as three, mm. three years of age. Mm. Feel how in the midst of our upsets, we're a three-year-old wanting love brought to our experience. Mm. I just want you to see my goodness. Yeah. I didn't mean that pain for you. I want you to recognise that I'm not a bad person. Mm -hmm. And look at the pain your actions have caused me. Can you please get over here and feel into me? Yeah. You know, it's, it's really... Conscious communication is really an opportunity to create a healthy attachment mm -hmm. in the moment yep. based on our very strong, ever-present memories of non-attachment, mm -hmm. of, of like unhealthy attachment, yep. of abandonment. Yeah. So conflict represents abandonment. Why won't you feel into me? Where have you gone? Why are you speaking that way to me why can't you bring your loving awareness to me yeah and once we start to hold all four of those truths my yearning and your pain mm -hmm. my pain and your yearning yeah. we become the steward mm -hmm. of attunement yeah. even yeah. if they don't want to yeah. it only takes one person to tango mm. only one person has to keep bringing awareness to all four of those things and over time the other person can't help but open up Mm. But I also, there's a caveat there that it might take 12 minutes for them to open. It might take 12 years. I just had a 12-year opening the other day. I had an opening with someone that has taken 12 years of my dedication to not making them wrong. Wow. And it was like, wow. Wow. Yeah. So mm. for those 12 years, I could have I could have adopted the view of, well, I'm being loving and they're not, so it's clearly their fault. But that would have been natural. Yeah. Most people would do that. Yeah. But actually, I just stayed like a thermostat, mm. set on <laughs> compassion, not just towards them, but towards me, radically mm. tending to the pain that their actions have brought me, radically reaching into what they might have otherwise been hoping for, mm -hmm. radically being willing to see all the unintended pain my actions have created them, and honouring myself deeply for my intentions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I stayed there and bam, suddenly the door opened. Yeah. It hasn't opened to like, we're not like, you know, now best buddies, but yeah. there was this 
unlocking and we were able to spend some time in a social situation and have such a fun time Mm. it was like everything just all the knots got opened yeah we get urgent yeah with resolution we get urgent with everything yeah with everything yeah yeah and you know it's hilarious because I'm training facilitators in this work, and because they're so focused and so invested, and they want to leave this work on the planet. And how I teach is through embodiment, so they have to become masterful at tending to their own ship before mm. you know, yep. and and talk to those moments in order to inspire their clients. Mm. They're so urgent, they're mm. extra urgent because they're like, wait a second, I'm putting all my energy into this. Why can't I make this magical conversation happen where resolution occurs in five minutes? Yeah. And that's just another way to see how willing we are to make the other person wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm being more conscious in my communication over here and you're not playing. The problem is you. Yeah. Straight back into conflict mode. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we see that, yeah, and I, I only relate to my, you know, the where, how I work with my yeah. clients. And you see that with just help. Why am I? Why am I not better next week? Yeah. Well, exactly. next time it's an unraveling. Mm-hmm. It's a healing from within. It's uh, yeah. so many different parts have to come together to make that a whole. Yeah. <laughs> we think we think healing and well-being is a destination rather no. than a practice. Or then unrelenting dedication. dedication. Yeah. 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 But that what rings true out of all um, one part of what you you said is that deeper commitment to self-compassion and if you don't have that deeper commitment to self-compassion then you're unable to see the other's compassion you're unable to see that so it really does take that commitment to yourself and to understand parts of yourself that you may not have wanted to uncover Mm. i can't possibly lead a conversation if i haven't already Based myself in my awareness yeah. by saying, Fish, look at how incredibly hurt and upset you've been. Of course, mm-hmm. you have. Yeah. It makes so much sense that you still feel that way. Mm-hmm. And look at what your beautiful heart was actually longing for. Look at what you were hoping to feel. Look at what you wanted them to be able to feel. And if I can bring loving awareness to my pain and wound, like really deeply, like actually think about it, we are the expert on that. Mm-hmm. No one can feel into my pain and wound because it's not alive enough. Yeah. Mm. So that's a bit groundbreaking when you're like, wow, it's it. for me to do better than anyone anyway. Mm-hmm. Even if I want others to, they can't do it like I can because yeah. it's not in them. Yeah. <laughs> not, they don't have the data. Mm. But if I can deeply validate myself, then the natural tendency will be for me to want to extend that grace to you. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. You if I can't, if I haven't, yeah. there's no fucking way I want to yeah. extend that grace to you because yeah. it just feels like foregoing my needs or exactly. transgressing my own boundaries yeah. or condoning yeah. some shitty behaviour or yeah. just feels really stinky and unhealthy and actually it is. Yeah. If I'm over all over there in your world and I yeah. haven't brought awareness to my experience, mm-hmm. I'm going to collapse into just like, just... Uh, Codependence, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll yeah. just be like, yeah. I'll just be like, it's all about you. Yep. Yeah. Which is my well-being is all about you. Yeah. Yeah. Speaks to that feeling of the cup. You know, that, that very simple term of filling your own cup first. Yeah. 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 Mm. So when people reach out to me in the midst of it, you know, 
people come through programs, didn't they? And they kind of expect that as soon as they start week one, everything's going to, but no, they go through hell. Mm. It's worth sometimes to begin with, and it yeah, is. Like I've yeah. got this expectation that I should be masterful, but I just had a conversation with where now, like sleeping on different different rooms. Yeah. I say to them, step one is you tend to your own experience. Mm. Like start to bring yourself the feeling of attunement that you long for for others. Mm. Wrap yourself like a caring auntie or like a benevolent king or like whatever, whoever mm. you want to imagine. Just wrap yourself in love. And as you learn to do that, the nervous system will regulate. The wrongness mm. of the situation will start to be soothed and mm. you'll be more present and more grounded and you can start to reach into their experience. When you're ready, no yeah. rush. And as you do that, you're also going to regulate them. Yeah. And now you've got two people who are open. Mm -hmm. Yeah, once again, that sounds simple, but... Definitely not. Yeah. And it speaks into, so there was obviously questions I had written down, but, you know, almost seems, yeah, it's not though, it's not, it's, I think it seems almost silly now because it seems um, to follow a pattern, you know, so mm. a lot of what I see in my clients, obviously what I see out there in the world is um, unhappiness around intimacy. Mm. Unhappiness mm. around their own intimacy. Mm. Unhappiness around that vitality of sexuality and i call it that because i think if we don't have vitality we can't create sexuality and it is life force it's that life force energy that we need to create but from all the conversation we've already had you know it makes sense of why we don't have that intimacy yeah. it, and we also need to have and discover that ourselves so there's a, I guess there's a few little pathways we could take here. You know, why don't we have the intimacy? And I think you have answered a lot of this already, but we can maybe just be more dramatic yeah, let's in get that. More specific in that. Um, yes. And then I think a nice lead on is actually that archetype question where I wanted to ask around sexuality, like where we fit in and how we thrive in certain situations or certain ways or certain love languages. Um, but again, it's about I believe, knowing yourself first, you know, filling that cup mm. first or understanding having deep compassion for yourself first. Mm. But I will let you lead with that. And I think that mm. was, is a nice sort of segue. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. So, you know, consider that to have physical intimacy, we need emotional intimacy. Like there does need to be some sense of safety. And maybe I'm not talking about high-risk kind of like one-off flings where like you knew it was the wrong person but you just actually had to strip right mm. and mm. get to it i mean in in the context of relationship we do need a sense of attunement in order to feel like we can open to one another mm -hmm. um and so what might stand in the way of that is the high risk that it is to actually communicate our needs and desires mm. Why that's high risk is because that normally we might go about it like this. I might say to my partner, um, I wish you weren't so selfish in bed. <laughs> not suggesting that's a skillful. In fact, it would be an unskillful way to go about it, but it's not a very, it's not a very unusual way to go about it. Yeah. Or yeah. I need more. Mm. Or why can't you do this? Mm. Or why can't we explore this? Mm. That's all very natural. That's me saying, Here's what I long for, or here's what I'm suffering with, or mixed with both. Mm -hmm. right. But 
we've started to feel into what happens when I just speak of the me-centred view of things. I leave awareness off the you-ness, the experience over there. Mm -hmm. So if I've been brave enough to say, hey, I want more of this because this doesn't feel very, I don't feel very cared for or whatever, mm -hmm. my partner's immediately going to be in defence. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they never wanted my disappointment. Mm. They didn't wake up each morning thinking, how can I disappoint my partner sexually? <laughs> right? They didn't. Yeah. They might feel like they did. Yeah. Because the data suggests that they might not have put a lot of thought into it mm. or they might have been defensive about it, but they yeah. they simply never woke, woke yeah. up thinking, how do I disappoint? Mm. No human being has ever done that towards you. Mm. They might have woken up thinking, how do I get them to taste my disappointment? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but mm -hmm. that's the other story. Mm -hmm. So there will be a natural defensiveness. Mm -hmm. Why? Because their intentions, their deeper valid yearning, the longing of their heart hasn't been honoured. Yeah. So how we might go about that differently is saying, here's, here's the upset mm -hmm. that I'm in regarding our intimate life. Here's the upset that I know so I'm feeling into. And here's what I imagine that you would really want me to be able to experience. Mm -hmm. Do you feel how I'm speaking into the goodness of my partner? Mm -hmm. They're going to open because I've taken the villain out. Yeah. And they're going to, they might still be a bit heartbroken, the feeling of disappointment, but who wouldn't be? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. none of us are going to go, oh, great. Mm, sure. uh, uh, you yeah. know, our, our intimacy has been just, we'll actually be like, oh, uh, oh, I hate that I've been involved in something that's disappointing. Mm -hmm. Like, there will be an aspect of heartbreak there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we need to tend to that as well. How is it for you? Mm -hmm. How is it for you that I'm expressing this to you? Is it heartbreaking for you? Is it is it confusing mm -hmm. for you? Does it leave you feeling as if I'm saying you failed me? Mm -hmm. What's coming up for you? What's the pain that, that I've unintentionally created for you in expressing what I desire? Yeah. Because they coexist. They always coexist. Yeah. And we have to remind ourselves over and over again. Yeah. Here's what I love more of. And I imagine hearing that from me might immediately create upset for you. And I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. of course it does. Mm -hmm. You feel how both ends of the stick, that love and awareness. Yeah. It's high risk because we've had a whole life where expressing our yearning has had them get really upset and we think they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And expressing our pain has had them get really defensive and that feels very unloving and we gave them the flick years ago because mm -hmm. they had that defensiveness in them. Mm -hmm. But all the time, we were just tending to our experience and not our experience plus theirs. Mm -hmm. So we just got That's contracted. Fine. We just mm -hmm. got contracted. And over time feeling like like it's very valid as a human being to have a need to not speak it mm -hmm. possibly because i haven't even recognized it yeah because let's face it mm -hmm. i mean you guys will know this we're not wonderful at attuning to ourselves mm -hmm. we're not wonderful at going in mm, something's telling me something in me that i want to listen to right mm. we're not wonderful at that mm -hmm. but even if we have become mm -hmm. we're not wonderful at expressing it in a skillful way and we've done it in a bunch of habitual ways just mm -hmm. the way our caregivers used to express it mm -hmm. yeah. no we haven't done it nastily but we haven't done it skillfully mm -hmm. we've just said it or lack thereof yeah exactly mm. we've we've said here's my need and we've wondered why they don't give a shit about our need and why they mm -hmm. got defensive or upset and then because that's happened a hundred thousand times 
and we witness it in the world everywhere, mm-hmm. we're like, well, I can't expect my day to work out. So I'm going to forego the morning. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to just really secretly resent me for the fact that I have to forego my dates in the relationship. However many years, yeah. I don't say it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's mm-hmm. not like I'm not, mm. not telling people that's bad or wrong. I'm saying, what a beautiful, tender human being. Mm-hmm. We try to avoid the upset of speaking our needs. Yeah. And in doing so, we cultivate a culture of resentment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that saying, happy wife, happy life? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, that leaves such a nasty taste yeah. on my tongue because it says, it's it's this proclamation that mm. I just I I reserve the right to be resentful mm. through keeping my partner happy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like what a dysfunctional way yeah. to frame mm. healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. That's actually how we frame successful relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or you know a or certain our perception. Know. Yeah. Mm. Actually, that's just maintaining a relationship. Based on resentment, yeah. like if we, if we judge relationship by longevity, mm. then mm. not speaking our needs might be a good strategy. But if we if we look at relationship as being mutual fulfillment, then yes. we better speak our needs. Yeah, right? which is quite yeah. a paradigm shift. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I fall into that. Like I, I look back at relationships that I care deeply about and go. Oh, I failed because, like, my last relationship was two years and it meant the most to me. Mm. And it still deeply does. Mm. And I can look at myself as if that's some failure. Mm. Only recently I sort of switched that around and went, hang on a sec, that was the most beautiful relating I've ever experienced. Yeah. Even though it was two years, I'm mm. heartbroken that mm. it doesn't continue. Mm. But what depth mm. there was there. But, but we, yeah. once again, the the culture that we're not aware of that we've grown up in says relationship is good if it lasts for X years uh-huh. and it's not good if it doesn't. Yeah. And not so we forego quantity over quality yeah. again. Mm. Yeah. So resentment won't breed wonderful intimacy, will it? No. No, not at all. It actually mm. dries us up, shuts mm. us down, <laughs> makes us limp. Literally. Yeah. Like it yeah. switches the sex organs off. Literally. Because we're in the disconnection. Yeah. And mm. contraction. And the contraction. Yeah. And feeling unloved. Mm. Even if we haven't even if we've tried to speak about it unsuccessfully, mm. it's gone badly. Yeah. So we're just in the in estrangement actually. Yeah. yeah. And so if people come to me with that, like you, you go and get all the support you need in, in other realms, but what mm. we can work on is mm. feeling deeply honoured by it. Yeah. And you watch. You mm. watch what happens. I say to him, particularly in a him-her relationship, I'm like, man, you watch mm. what happens in her when you're able to validate the shit out of her pain mm. and stay fiercely present mm. and stay there and stay there and stay there. She will immediately reach out to you, yeah. soften into you, yeah. and she might get frisky, right? Because <laughs> all she wanted, mm-hmm. all she's ever freaking wanted, actually, was for you to stay present to her. Yeah. And, yeah. of course, she hasn't been able to because look at how painful it is to be told that you're the pain causer. Yeah, yeah. And men particularly, I find. Women too. Mm-hmm. But I think there's that soul provider, that, that inner feeling of having to protect I believe, you know, from a complete 
perspective of no information whatsoever but what I've observed. Yeah. But as a man, to have that sole protection, that inert belief, yeah. and then to be told that he's not fulfilled that. Yeah. Yeah. I've been tuning into John Wyman's work recently, and, you know, it makes sense when we look at him, we're going to kind of, you know, bring it into binary. Mm. If we look at him responding to her complaint about anything, about putting the bins out, about like not bringing the olives home, about anything. He's going to receive that as your awareness wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And the masculine essence is awareness. Yeah. And so he really receives that as you're not enough. You mm -hmm. failed. Mm -hmm. You failed in your essential mission. Yeah. Even if you don't know it that way, yeah. you're being told that mm -hmm. you failed. Mm -hmm. You failed at loving me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he will naturally want to fight mm -hmm. for his intentions to be seen. Mm -hmm. That's why he goes, hang on a sec, darling. Look at the house that we live in. Look at the hours I've reduced for you. Look at the bins I have put out. Look at So he just wants to point to all the ways in which his awareness was on point. Yeah. Mm. By the way, it's quite likely that he hasn't been training his awareness to stay on things. Mm. He's just in the world of distraction. So she has a valid point. But that doesn't dismiss the fact that he wants his love seen. Mm -hmm. He wants the love he's been pouring into family and relationships and work and finances and stuff, anything behind the scenes. He wants that honoured. Mm -hmm. When she can honour that, mm -hmm. he will open towards her pain. Mm -hmm. She, on the other hand, wants the constant storm of her upset recognised all the time. And as soon as he can do that for her, she will immediately open to see his goodness. Mm. And so it's like this, it's like opening like flowers to the sun, but yeah. we have to commence the opening because the opening isn't natural, the closing is. Yeah. Mm. Closing, it's like, it's like you were talking about entropy. We naturally mm. contract. Mm. We don't naturally open in conflict, we naturally contract. Yeah. So we have to commence the opening between yeah. us. Mm. It's the innate ability for us to protect ourselves across you know just yeah. survival it's yeah. survival mechanism isn't yeah. it you know yeah. you see a threat you yeah so we're going back to the yeah. primal the basics yeah. so yeah. what does that look like what does creating safety in a container for this kind of conversation look like well this is what it looked like in my recent relationship she would come to me just picking up on that precise point she would come to me at such a I felt so privileged to be schooled in what I teach mm. by her, right? Mm. It was such a beautiful moment. It still is a profound moment. She would come to me and say, Ish, I would love to be able to share the pain I'm in that you would never want to feel. Mm. Feel what happened there? Yeah. There's yeah. no risk of me seeing for my badness. In fact, I get seen for my goodness. Mm. And so I just want to put the kettle on get the best cups, mm -hmm. park everything that I was going to do mm -hmm. and just sit with my woman because, of course, I want to heal your pain because I never wanted it for you and you framed it as something I never wanted it for you, so I'm just so open. Mm -hmm. I want to sit with you, bring my awareness to it, and let's put it right. Mm -hmm. That What an invitation that is. Mm -hmm. I feel the invitation that is. Mm -hmm. I know you want, my, you want my heart bathed in your love and here's where it hasn't been. Mm -hmm. So such a profound invitation. Mm -hmm. wow. Wasn't always yeah. like that. Sometimes it was the conflict way yeah. that pain got expressed. Yeah. You asshole. Mm -hmm. 
and yeah. but that's natural. That's that's yeah. how it naturally comes out. Yeah, cumulative emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other way that that might look mm -hmm. is they're coming to me and say, um, "Here's what I was really hoping for," and I imagine it led to a whole lot of that. And I, I would love to understand more about the pain that I put you with. Mm. That immediately is, a, is an invocation where it opens. Mm. Previously in conflict world, that would be me saying, I don't know what your problem is. I don't know why you're upset mm. because I just want to do things. Mm -hmm. See, in the conflict world, we dismiss them in favour of us. Yeah. Yeah. And they dismiss us in favour of them. Mm -hmm. And in the conscious world, we say, we have to expand our awareness into reality. Yeah. Into reality. Isn't that weird? We have to expand back into reality because yeah. we've contracted out of reality. Mm. Yeah. In order to touch reality, we have to expand. Mm. Me and you. So I can't answer why we contract out of reality. Yeah. But we do. But we do. But, and, and in that contraction, we believe it to be the truth. Exactly. Suppose we may dissociate out of the pain. Yeah. necessarily take yeah. us out yeah pull out yeah. yeah too much pull out safety that's yeah. absolutely psychological mm. safety is to not be with the pain mm. retreat run from the saber tooth tiger mm. mm. yeah that's where all those bad habits come in yeah, yeah. those addictions bad habits yeah. the things that we use instead of feeling the pain to come away from the pain and then therefore causing more pain yeah <laughs> yes addiction yeah. is a beautiful example huh? of this if I'm addicted to a substance, look at how much I'm yearning to be out of my pain through using it. Mm. What a beautiful thing to mm. long to be out of. Like, I mm. want the absence of my suffering, mm -hmm. don't we all? Yeah. And it's just the strategy I use creates an unintended pain, not just for others, but for me. Yeah. And it keeps me stuck. Yeah. And coming back to the conversation about archetypes, I think there's great benefit at exploring archetypes i'm kind of i won't go into the details yeah. but it's far too vulnerable i'm exploring that in myself in terms of my own intimate yeah. and sensual world mm. and it's been profoundly healing to actually mm. just go am i allowed yeah am i allowed to have these like? feelings and these desires mm. and, the, and these and this natural uprising of dynamic mm. in me that i'm just like is this can i even talk about this so mm. that's really very reassuring so so, you know, it's not the work that I do at all. So yeah. go and get that kind of support. But once again, to be able to yeah. even explore erotic blueprints or yeah. sexual dynamics or mm -hmm. fantasy or, you know, we we want to be grounded in such safety because naturally safety goes missing mm -hmm. in communication around difficult things. Mm -hmm. yeah. It makes sense that we may feel petrified mm -hmm. of exploring intimate fulfillment mm -hmm. and so therefore our future looks like intimate unfulfillment yeah. you know if i can't if i if we can't lead our relationship mm -hmm. further and further towards the ever-changing erotic life that we want to share yeah. Yeah. then we're leading ourselves away from it yeah either one or the other yeah yeah and i think it's that exploration of self in in, in all of this and i think what I like to see out of sort of the archetype or where we fit best is is ever changing, as you just said. You know, it won't ever be a point where I am this, yeah. and that's where I remain. It's like, well, I'm feeling out all edges of reality, 
yeah. where I can then explore all areas of myself and my mm. own reality mm. and therefore getting the best out of all those areas and you take what you need from all of that. Exactly. Mm. And, and exploring desire and bringing erotic energy to wherever it wants to go mm. is healing. In yep. healing. So of course yep. things will change because yep. healing is happening as we go. Yeah. And it's that vulnerability when yeah. it comes into that landscape yeah. of sexuality, which I think a lot of the 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 current systems try and shut down. Yeah. And I think that's scary to a lot of people. It's yeah. seen as bad, otherwise sinful or yeah. you know, in all areas where it can be very liberating but also very vulnerable, therefore yeah. very scary. Mm. <laughs> well we have done a fantastic job of building culture that casts out you know casts out yep. people's actual real humanness yep. mm -hmm. and so we live i think on a on an existential level we live in fear that our humanness will be cast out so we have to really carefully tread reel it in don't be too fully expressed because what if yeah, what if they don't like me? What yeah. if I'm going to be told? Yeah. And so intelligently working with archetypes, mm. it's like using them as the touch point that they are mm -hmm. and then developing them into your own cosmology and allowing them to evolve as yeah. they may. So it's accepted mm. to the self. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, sa yeah, like safe touch points. It's mm -hmm. like it's okay to explore this particular thing mm -hmm. or to put these particular words to it or these mm -hmm. feelings to it. Yeah. It's okay for this kind of relational mm -hmm. world to emerge in you if it wants yeah. to emerge in you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, safety. Fascinating. It is fascinating. Yeah. But Fish, I just love the way that you explore all of this and the way that you express it and the way that you have it come across at a very understandable, simple level, but also ever reminding of the complexities of it. You know, it's just a yeah. constant work that's required. Yeah. And yeah, it's. Yeah, I've, I've not heard it this way that it has sunk so quickly and been accepted mm. so quickly, mm. even just having this conversation with you. Mm. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. Mm. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I have the more people train with me, the more they are confronted with how unnatural this way of being is. Yeah. Me too. I'm yeah. constantly getting on calls saying, listen to how unskillful I was this yeah. way. Yeah. You know, yeah. because the more we see what's possible with radical compassion inwardly and outwardly, the more we're confronted by how much it doesn't naturally happen. Yeah, absolutely. One little thing that I could, could I touch mm. on one more Absolutely. Thing? Just as it relates to this work, the work that I teach relates to the masculine and the feminine. There's mm. so much, there's so much sort of conversation out there around polarity, and I think it can be really mm. oversimplified mm. as if she should just be all flow and he should just be all structure mm. and presence, right? Mm. But we're beings with both energies alive in us. Mm. That's the truth of it, Absolutely. regardless of mm. what, how we identify with gender or not. Mm -hmm. Kind of irrelevant. It's yep. just that there's masculine and feminine energies within us. Mm -hmm. So the tools that I teach are the masculine. I, this is how I relate to it. They're the ma masculine structure mm -hmm. into which the feminine of the experience can pour safely. Mm. Yes, it's like I can't have tea without a cup yeah, so the structure. the structure of the communication tools means that all experience gets recognized mm -hmm. none of it gets dismissed or cast out none of us gets to be judged as more or less valid yeah all of it gets recognized mm -hmm. yeah so that there's healing because mm -hmm. the feminine experience just gets fully wrapped in love yeah mm -hmm. and so 
it might be so there can be a tendency for for a woman for example to say well then why isn't like people often say isn't this men's work isn't this isn't this men's job to show up to communication with that fierce loving presence regardless of whatever pain your woman's in i was like well, imagine a world like that yeah. yes please yeah like yes yes please and i'm and i'm 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 really devoted to try to create that in my immediate world mm. in my relationships and mm. i do a really shit job at it by the way but i'm committed to it you're trying yeah i really i'm oh. really oh. that that actually has become my devotion oh. yeah and it's not reasonable to expect one particular gender yeah. to lead the healing of the planet. Exactly. So she can, or they can, or he can bring the masculine structure mm -hmm. so that the feminine experience gets recognised and loved, mm -hmm. regardless mm -hmm. of who they are mm -hmm. and how they identify. Yeah. Strengthening our ability to expand awareness around experience and bring it love—that's mm -hmm. healing. Yeah. So you know, it's—I think it's nice to kind of play with masculine and feminine in, in this communication work, but also let's mm -hmm. not fall into thinking that it's one person's job and not the other person's. Yeah. Yeah. I say to my people, I'm training you, not not your loved ones. Yeah. They don't have the tools. No. It's entirely unreasonable to expect them to leave repair. Yeah because they don't know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. They can't expand their awareness into all four of the truths because they don't even know what four truths are. They're just back in contraction. Mm -hmm. So you lead or don't lead. Yeah. Yeah. It's yours to do, but it's also yours not to do if you don't want to. I love that fluidity in between the two, though. Like, even in my work, you know, most of the day I spend in a masculine mm -hmm. energy, a holding of structure and a holding of priority lists and a holding of you know all of that but then partial of my day is the feminine flow of medicines and making and healing and then other areas you know so i think all of us come in and out of these times you know it's a yogic philosophy i did a bit of training around yoga but it was more of the you know left and right nostril you know you noticing more of the, the right nostril breathing today the lecturing or whatever i'm doing i'm like oh, a bit more of the left then <laughs> so i think all of us naturally fall yeah there's a super helpful yogic teaching that relates to shtira and sukha mm. so shtira is resoluteness and, and structure and stability and sukha is sweetness and ease so it's kind of it kind of relates mm. pretty pretty mm. closely in a yoga pose shtira is like the foundations and the, and the sort of structure of the pose and sukha is the inner experience mm. the, the energetics and the breath mm. we can't be in yoga if we're all focused on the rigidity and there's no flow mm -hmm. because we're not breathing mm -hmm. it's not yoga and we can't be in a yoga pose when it's just all about the experience because we'll lose our structure we'll yeah. fall over or we won't have our foundation strong yeah when that when we bring that into communication it relates to being in every moment being unfuckwithable mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. completely open Yep. Yeah. So there's the maintaining of personal boundaries. Yep. I won't turn away from my pain and yearning. I will. I will not have them unrecognized. Yeah. If only by me. Yeah. And I won't tolerate certain behavior because I want to experience peace and and wellness and safety. Yep. Physical safety, emotional safety, psychological safety. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's the shtera. Unfuckwithable mm -hmm. with my own needs. And this is where we we don't normally hold the both. And I'm completely, radically, compassionately open to your tender heart. Yeah. Mm. Even yeah. if I have to be a million miles away from you, yeah. I'm still going to feel into the humanness in you and I will honour it till the day I die. Absolutely. Yeah. 
normally we go for one or the other. Yes. Mm. If we're stuck in Shadir, we're just kind of like a, a bit of an asshole that's all very strict and about the rules. Mm-hmm. And if we're in the sukkah only mode, we're a bit of a doormat and we're just like all about forgiveness, yeah. but we've got no needs. Mm. Yeah. And so holding unfuckwithably open. Yes. Maybe that's love. book number two that I write. Yeah, yeah. love this. Yeah. So holding those two. And holding those two will never come naturally to us. Mm-hmm. So it has to be a moment by moment. Yeah. Which do I need oh, to it, elevate? It feels so good. Yeah. Like even you just saying that, I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Normally when, we, when, we're, when we're focused on openness, we think we won't get our needs met. Exactly. And when we're focused mm-hmm. on getting our needs met, we tend to be very judgmental and dismissive of others, yeah. very, very labelly. Yeah. Mm. Neither that. work. Yeah. Neither neither end of the spectrum work. Yeah. We have them with both. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I think that is beautiful. I I could talk, and I was not joking when we said this at the start of podcast. I'm like, it's an hour, <laughs> but I think we're going to need three. Yeah. <laughs> we need three. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need a follow-up for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you. So I want the audience to hear where they can find you, yes. what you've got coming up, mm-hmm. all the things you want to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on Instagram, you'll find my little junk food nuggets. Yeah. It's a very nourishing many course meal, but I just give you junk food nuggets because <laughs> that's Instagram, yeah. right? Yeah. Junk Beautiful. food nuggets. Um, James junk underscore fish underscore gill. Yeah. James underscore fish underscore gill. Um, on the web, bleedbyheart.com. Uh, so on my website and via my Instagram bio, you'll find podcast interviews like this one. There's many there now. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see details of my group coaching program. Next one's starting in May, Wonderful. which is small group containers, people from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Sounds a bit daunting to start with because it's like, why would I reveal my innermost yeah. relationship torment with people I've never met but the relation mm. the, the safety of those containers is quick we're all just committed to relating well and we're all heartbroken the fact that we can't yeah um yeah incredible so that's that's that group coaching coming up in May and then I'm also writing a book at the moment that hopefully will be published next year mm-hmm. hopefully will be finished in the middle of this year yeah. And it's called How to Fall in Love with Humanity because the more you dedicate yourself to this particular approach, the more you start to look out there at the world and go, wow, actually, it's just billions of people longing, deeply longing for connection, Mm -hmm. unskillfully acting Mm -hmm. and causing the world's Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And there's nothing bad or wrong Mm -hmm. in that. And just find your distance. Yeah, exactly. Find your distance. Where your safe is. Yeah. Yeah, find where your safe is. Thank you, Fish. Thank Thank you so much. So welcome. Yeah. Thanks for the time. We'll see you again soon. We will see you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Revital Health Podcast. We hope you enjoy this episode. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Revital Health as well as our website, revitalhealth.com.au, for upcoming podcasts, workshops and speaking events. Find out about specials happening in the clinic and all the show notes and links mentioned in the podcast. Please remember that this information discussed here is general information and is not intended to diagnose or treat individuals. 
Please speak to your healthcare professional before embarking on any new treatments, lifestyle changes, medicines or supplementation to assess your suitability. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon.